Hello, everyone. It's that time of the week. It's time for your favorite podcast. This is Band on Band, the BSM podcast where we take a current BSM band and we ask them about their favorite BSM band, past or present. You're getting the theme. You've been with us a while. On this episode, I talk to Matt from the Wonderful Lakes about his favorite band and one of my favorite bands, American Football. Let's uh, let's get into it. Hi, Matt. How is it? Um, yeah, it's going. Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, how are you? Yes, I'm okay. I'm very happy to be here with you this evening. We're, we're powering through with almost uh, weekend-like positivity. But I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to be here and to finally talk about the band that you picked, the ever-great pillars of a genre, American football. Yes. Legends, legends. I feel like you are as excited as I am, which which is great because that's what this whole thing is about. Yeah, an excitable conversation. <laughs> so, uh, tell me about the first time you um, discovered American football. How was that? Talk to me about where you were in life, what the music said to you, everything. It was life changing. Yeah. It was a life changing moment. Um, although. The memories are somewhat vague about the time scale, but it was it was early two thousands, and Rob, who was my friend back then and is now a guitarist in Lakes, sent me on the same day. This is he sent me an MP3 of Never Meant by American Football, and an MP3 of Everyone Is My Friend um, by Owls, and. The day that I heard those two songs, my whole life just changed. Um, and it's never been the same again because it, it, it's just incredible. So, and it opened up this whole world of bands um, that I didn't know before and seemingly no one else knew as well. Mm-hmm. It was just me and Rob had found this world of bands um, because in as soon you know, instantly you dive in, you've got Captain Jazz and One Off Downstairs and Owen and Joan of Arc and Make Believe and Birthmark and, and it just goes on and on and on. And it's all just this life-changingly cool music. And it was incredible because it felt like no one else knew them. Um obviously everyone did, but um to me and Rob, it was like, oh wow, we've discovered this best music in the world. No one else knows about it. We're so cool. Um and it's it's all of those bands that like group that family of bands have just just stayed my favourite bands ever since, and they'll never be replaced. It's just it was you know it was that point in time where it was just magic and special, and there was well being. It's nice that you um, remember it as well as uh, as well as that as uh, you remember it as like a life changing moment for music, but also like a nice time period that you have with your friend. Like, I feel like we all have that and can relate to that where someone uh, is forever knowing your music tastes better than you. Like my, my friend Ben, who I struggle with, he would always message me and send me a song and I'd be like, yeah, I'll listen to it in a bit. And I get to it and I'd be like, fuck man, that's amazing. And he's like, well, I just know your music better taste than you. So just listen, enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And me and Rob still do. Um, and, and in fact, yeah, everyone else in the band, we, we, we know each other's taste and 
a recommendation means something and you will check it out and it will be important. So, um, yeah, it's a shame the, the exact timeline is kind of hazy, but it was early 2000s and, and it felt like that American football had kind of been gone and it was this almost forgotten band and it stayed that way for what seemed like quite a long time. I, I'd never heard them come up. I never read anything about them. It was just this, just this special album and EP that we found and loved. Almost like a time capsule that you feel like has yeah. come to your shore all of a sudden. But there are slews of other people that that know it as well. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a crazy story, isn't it? And I, you know, I guess there's pockets of people just all around the world who knew that and didn't realise other people knew it and mm. never realised how big it was going to get and certainly could never foresee the kind of second era of the band. Um, mm. Yeah, it's crazy. So what was your, um, what has been your favourite album by those out of the, out of the three? Where, you, where do you sit on the, uh, the, the trilogy as it is? Um, <laughs> I firmly <laughs> sit um, with LP1 as the best, just because of those memories that are associated with it. Um, I, yeah, it's just it's too special to be replaced. I can't, I can't imagine it ever being replaced. Um, yeah, they'd have to do. I don't know what they'd have to do to, <laughs> to replace that as my favorite. Um, I mean, I love, I love, I love it all. But that, yeah, that stays as the favorite. I think it's just. Um, what, sorry, you're the same. No, I was. I was going to say something different, but I cut you up. So please continue. Okay. Classic so mentality, just cutting the guests up. That's what I do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it just goes back to again at the time. It it was like nothing else that I'd heard, because um, I was I was into emo music and I was into math and stuff and I was into. I was quite into jazz at the time as well, it sounds a bit crazy, but that's how I learned to play drums. I played in jazz bands back in the day. And it seemed like that album just combined all that. It was like, wow, you've got like a jazz drummer playing in this sort of emo-y band with time signatures and crazy tunings. And just that amalgamation of those things was just everything I loved. And I couldn't believe someone had put that all together in in a way that just worked so well. It's like almost understated. Um, so how could you pull that together and have it sound that cool? Um, so, yeah, so that's that album will just always have that special mix for me, I think. It's interesting that you um, you, you mentioned jazz because I, I believe the, um, the drummer in American football is a professional uh, music teacher and teaches jazz drums at university level which I, I as someone who went to music school the idea of doing an instrument at a degree level is baffling to me unless you want to be a teacher or something but there has to be uh there has to be someone who yeah i mean yeah yeah absolutely and that his trumpet skills are <laughs> yeah. just mad as well um especially live some of those extended trumpet sections yeah, what a guy. And, but it's one of those elements that just makes that album so special. And all the albums, but that first album, no other emo band had drum parts that sounded like that. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. 
I always find myself using the term busy as because I used to play drums as well. So like the uh, when I listen to music for the first time or when I when when someone shares music with me or when I see a live set or something, I'm always thinking about the drummer and how the yeah. relate to the music. I feel that guitarists and bass players do the same thing and, and vocalists do the same thing as well. But for me, when I was listening to American football for the first time, probably around the same sort of time as you in a similar sort of setting, I couldn't really comprehend. I was listening to a lot of emo music at that time anyway, or what we will call in brackets for the, for the people who get honours about it, emo music. Um, I couldn't comprehend how busy those drum parts were on top of what was going on already. Mm. Like, where I was trying to be focused, I was trying to focus to listen to the song, but my focus was being continuously pulled by backbeats that seemed to like mm. continuously shift around with ghost notes that I couldn't even imagine playing. Yeah, and that's or that, that's why Never Meant is the best song because <laughs> you listen to those two interweaving guitars with that crazy beat, and the combination of those three elements is just unstoppable, isn't it? It's why it's the greatest song ever made. <laughs> Which I guess you probably were in, livid about the fact that we binned it off in the bracket episode we did. I do you know what I I wasn't livid because it makes a more interesting discussion, doesn't it? It does. That would have been that would have been boring, and <laughs> that's fine. Um, to pull the curtain behind, so everyone who's listening, if they haven't listened to the American Football Brackets podcast that me and Oscar, who edits this podcast, uh, do, we do this series where we have all the, the band's uh, songs and they battle each other gladiator style and then we, we argue about it as someone who is a very competent guitarist and music person versus someone who just works at a record label and has opinions. Um, we, to pull the curtain back, we had a long discussion about Nevermind because it is a very good song and we both do enjoy it, but it is really fun watching people get annoyed that Nevermind has been pulled away. Um, <laughs> And when we spoke to the bands, they, I think they had the similar sort of uh, similar sort of, of thought pattern as, as you listen to in the podcast. Um, it seems like they're very, uh, as, as creators, like most creators, excited about what's happening new, you know, what's happening right now rather than something that happened in, in the past. Um, so, yeah, there's a little behind the curtain there. It's fine. Never mind. It's a great song, but it doesn't win. It doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, it couldn't win that. It couldn't win. That's just too predictable, oh, isn't it? <laughs> it's like in golf. It's got a handicap. It has to come from behind. <laughs> Although I can't remember, what was the song that actually knocked it out? Oh, God. I will. I won't tell anyone. They have to go and listen. There's my part. Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> go see which song knocked it. <laughs> um, I always had the... Um, well, I remember when the... Uh, when the second album came out, being completely blown away that they'd even come back and release another record. Mm. Um, I think still to this day, that is the fastest record I've ever pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do remember listening to that record, and I think listening back to that record now, in hindsight, it is uh, it's a lot harder to listen to, I think, than the other two records. I feel that they came back and even though they are very good musicians and you know owen had been going for a long time it, it to me lp2 still feels like they are a group of friends and musicians who have come back and been like right how do we 
do this. Let's try mm. and figure out how to be a band again. That's what LP2 says to me. What about you? Um, yeah, I of, of all of them, I probably listen to it the least. I still listen to it regularly, though. Um, and I'd argue that um, the first track, Where Are We Now, mm. um, might, well, would definitely be in my top three American football songs, I think. Um, Great song. Yeah. I do like that song. Um, it's, yeah, it's incredible. And actually, I saw them saw them at Shepherd's Bush play the whole album in order in its entirety, um, which was incredible. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I guess there's elements of them trying to figure out how they will write music again together. And it's cool that they introduced to all the, like, tunes, percussion, all the um, vibraphone type stuff. Um, started making appearance there. Um, mm. That was that was a cool development. Um, yes, it's a great album. Uh, it had to happen to get to where we are now with LP3. Mm. It had to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it was the stepping stone. Exactly. And I I remember uh, as getting that record in, in an email and being... <laughs> being almost coy with it and being scared to listen to it because i think by that point i was like okay lp2 is what it is but i'm still gonna stay lp1 more um and then listening to like silhouettes for the first time and being like okay i'm gonna have to sit down and really listen yeah. to um and being up like uh, for me lp3 is the best one like i think the latest record is is fantastic and even though the first and the second lp has their own nostalgias to it i think for the music i think lp3 is just phenomenal um and mm. yeah i remember listening to silhouettes and being absolutely blown away and i still am to this day and it's it's a good time yeah i can um i can vividly picture where i was first time listening to silhouettes that's that doesn't happen often when you can actually remember i remember waking up going straight to it on Spotify, lying in bed, listening to it like 10 times in a row, um, messaging everyone else in lakes who we were all doing the same thing. And yeah, it was it was absolutely mind-blowing. It's a great song. It's a great album. And you, yeah, maybe musically it is the best album, but when you factor in those sort of emotions and nostalgia in the first one, oh, I don't know. You've got me thinking, it's tough, isn't it? Basically, there's just there's too many good songs, and if anyone yeah. if anyone needs to have a refresher on all the songs, there is a podcast for you. It's called Brackets, <laughs> and we do, as mentioned earlier, pick a winner. But I've forgotten which one it is. <laughs> so let's um, let's talk about when you when you saw them live for the first time. Was the time you saw them with the second album the first time you'd seen them, or just in the previous? Um, no, I saw them previously. I, I well, both me and Rob were contemplating going to New York for that initial reunion show because wow. it seemed too big mm. and we just thought we can't miss that i remember like pricing up flights and stuff but then the hype that reunion was getting we just thought surely surely they'll come somewhere slightly nearer new york and held out and yeah it was electric ballroom they only came and did about four shows um so yeah electric ballroom was the one we got the tickets for which would have been may 2015 
Yeah, I think it was around before the second album was announced, right? It was yeah. been a full year before. Oh yeah, there was no there was no sense that there would be a new album. This was just they were going to come and play for the for the um, yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, got tickets for Electric Ballroom, and then that sold out straight away. And they announced an extra night the night before, so I got a ticket for that one as well, obviously. Um, so I saw them two nights in a row at the Electric Ballroom. First night, I was on my own because no one else bought the extra ticket. It was just me. So, yeah, the first time I ever saw them, just completely on my own, right at the front of the Electric Ballroom, just zoned out, taking it in. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the best gig yeah. I've ever been to. That was just phenomenal. And then got to go and do it all again the next night with, um, my wife and mates and stuff. So yeah, two nights in a row is perfect, absolutely perfect. Amazing. I like that because you, you went on your own almost like as, as a scout, as like a little yeah. Like let's just if it's you know if it's if it if it's shite, I won't go tomorrow. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and um, TTNG was supporting as well. I mean, what what a, two nights in a row? TTNG in American football is yeah phenomenal. If there's two um, minutes to play one show to make you feel ad- uh, completely <laughs> incompetent as a musician, then those are two of the bands that you go watch. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, and then I even got to see them a third time that year because they came back in at the end of the summer as well. Um, maybe that was to play Art Tangent, but I saw they did a random one-off show in the bowling alley at the O2. Which was, I do remember that, yeah. I do remember that. Weird. So, yeah, ended up seeing them three times in three months that year. You'd, you'd almost completely, you'd done it in. You're like, well, I've done it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that uh, when, when it's your, one of, one of your favourite bands. Uh, there is, there's never enough. You need to just keep consuming because you like, right? Yeah, one more time, please. I don't who knows when this oh, was? Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. um, uh, ATG with uh, Dave from Golfer, and uh, we'd we'd had a couple of hours of just hanging out and and doing doing what people do at festivals, being various levels of not sober. Um, and the, I think we had that year where it was just the rain was just pelting down, and it was so cold. But American football were playing. <laughs> and, and um they were they were playing and, and i don't know who he, i don't know who he'd heard it from but they play i think they played like a a new song and he turned to me and he was like i feel like they might have written a new album but this person next to him went they've written a new album and it just like waved across like four rows of people and, and dave looked at me and he was like i'm gonna leave now and i was like okay man i'm gonna stay here in this freezing Free, like the old, you know, the old art. Have you you've been to Arc Tangent, right? No, I've never, never oh. been, which is mad. Okay, well, let me set a scene for you. The old art yeah. that used to be that they used to have, for whatever reason, I, th- I think probably just because footfall, there would be like a bowl at the bottom of it. So when it rained, all the mud and water would just congregate in the middle of the, of the main stage tent. So basically, if you're standing there and it's raining, you've got to keep moving, but the moving 
that you're doing just is counterintuitive because you're getting more stuck and more wet and more muddy. <laughs> There's all these people who are in pissing rain watching American football play lovely, soft, emotional music in the ra- sidewards rain. <laughs> and they're all trying to move and getting more and more wet. Side note being, it was very good. I had a very nice time. Um, but they did play a couple of new songs at that point. I can't remember what they played, but it was very nice. And I had a lovely mm-hmm. time, regardless of what was going on. I feel like no matter how uh, bad the weather was or how bad I was feeling or how bad the floor was or whatever, didn't matter because I was hanging out, watching a great band, mm-hmm. and I felt content with myself. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, every time I've seen them, it's just, it's this feeling of like, you're just so lucky that you're getting to see <laughs> this band that you thought had died years ago. And not only are they back, but they're writing amazing new music as well. I think that's where, yeah. that's where they stand above the rest of, uh, of the like not late 90s, early 2000s bands that are coming back, like reviving their career. Like, they're not just coming. Yeah, they came back and they played a couple of reunion shows, but I'm sure that sparked something that they hadn't felt for a very long time as a group of individuals or, and as a band. Mm. So to come back and then continue to write some of the best music in your career puts you, you know, heads and shoulders above other, other bands from the mm. genre that are just coming back for what feels like a paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I can't think of any other band that has done the same. Yeah, it's amazing. They're a wonderful band. And as a as a musician yourself, then what has what have you taken from this band? Like, what has the, been the influences that you've had? How has it sort of dictated the way that you've created uh, music moving forward? Um. So. I, if it wasn't for them, Lakes definitely wouldn't exist. If they, or if they hadn't, if they hadn't released LP2, then I don't think I would have bothered with music again. <laughs> um, I'd kind of, I'd kind of just stopped bothering with music. Mm. And then, um, LP2 came out and everyone loved it. And I just kind of thought, Oh, these like old guys have written some kind of old, old style music and everyone loves it. That's really cool. Maybe I should just try and write some music and it'll be fun. And I think I'd written pretty much the whole of the first album. I'd written within a month or two months of LB2 coming out, just kind of in demo form, but mm. having not done any music for ages, just something of some inspiration just came from that and I just thought, let's let's just see what happens. Never expecting it to turn into any of this. But um yeah, I just wrote probably about twelve songs within two months. Um and I think specifically musically, I think um use of alternative tunings. Mm. Um I definitely learned that from American football as a tool to make music more interesting, to, to help you write songs that don't sound like each other. Um, like if you read the liner notes in the expanded LP1 release, 
um, they say like loads of those songs just came out of putting the guitar in a random tuning. Um, they just invent a tuning and start playing and see what happens. And it's so true because mm. um, it just forces you to find things that you don't find when you just play in standard or play in drop D or whatever it may be. You just force yourself to find new sounds and new chords and new ways of progressing. Um, so, yeah, definitely the useful sense of tunings. I think the way they use time signatures is just perfect as well because it's almost like I, I probably couldn't really tell you a lot of the time signatures um, off the top of my head because they just blow it so well. They're, they're in there, they're odd time signatures, but they don't jump out at you. Um, they're just used uh, to add interest, but they're used so well. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I try and do that when I'm writing music. I don't know I could put it off to the same level that they do, but the use of time signatures that don't sound awkward and out of place um, is, is hard to do, and they're the masters of it. it um, it's odd, but you still find yourself bobbing along which is mm. which is the sign of a good song you know if you can bob your head to it yeah you're bobbing along in five or nine or seven then you, you know you're onto a winner yeah absolutely. Um, yeah so yeah that's specifically those the time signatures and the tunings and um don't know, just just the fact that they were back and doing it again just made me want to do something um so yeah, and then um just asked some other friends who like American football if they wanted to play some music with me and yeah, and now we're here, which is mad. Well I think the I think the, the best part of that is that it lit a lit a spark in you creativity creatively get my words out, that put you in a position to create with your friends and people that you enjoy hanging out with and, and being creative with. And it's led on a long journey. And now you find yourself sitting here at the pinnacle of your career talking to me. <laughs> I mean, who would have predicted it? It's just mad, isn't it? Well, now it's obviously, it's led to the point where now that you are in a band that's signed to the same label as American Football. And as someone who has been in bands before myself, I, I don't think I comprehend <laughs> that if I was in a band being on label with a band that I have yearned to be in and have created so much emotional input in my life. Like, is it, have you, are you still on that cloud nine or have you come down a little bit now? I will never come down from that. <laughs> this, I, is, this is where I live. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is permanent. I'm a permanent fixture there now. I, <laughs> I cannot believe it. It's unbelievably cool. And I'm so grateful. It's just amazing. That's why we do it. It's for things that are cool. As long as it's cool, then that's all that matters. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Well, thanks so much for um, for coming and chatting to me about American football. I feel like we could chat forever, but I imagine that people listening are probably finishing their lunch now or their car <laughs> is coming to an end. So it's always good to leave them wanting more. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And...
if your car journey's not ended, here's a little side note that we didn't put in. Take it away, Matt. I didn't even mention my American football tattoo. I have one tattoo on my body, and it's the American football house. And I got it the day that I saw American football in Brighton. Um, and I even met Mike and Steve Holmes after the show, and I showed them my tattoo. And it was really cool. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. <laughs> you were just... <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So that's that. Yeah, we spoke about American football for a long time and we had to, we've, we've had to cut this down a little bit. Um, Matt forgot they had American football tattoo. That is quite a key arc to this story and to this podcast. Um, I hope you had a lovely time listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed making it. Um, yeah, Band on Band, hosted by me, put together, edited and, you know, made to sound wonderful by my good friend Oscar, the mysterious uh, breakbeat editor uh, thank you very much for listening stick with us it's just it's just fun, it's just fun chatting to people about their favourite bands, I like doing it you like listening to it, so again yeah thanks for listening, um, that goes without saying it goes without saying, you know, call your friends call your mum, call your dad, check in on everyone um, we will get through this soon enough and I I will see you at a gig hopefully in the future and we will we will share a beer or a non-alcoholic drink if that's what you so choose. Anyway, have a lovely time. See you next time. And uh, yeah, keep on keep on rocking. <laughs>